From the Cervera Newsroom in sunny Miami, welcome to the Miami Real Estate Podcast, your home for expert insight on all things Miami real estate. I'm your host, Omar DeWint. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Omar DeWin, Communications Executive here at Surveyor Real Estate. Joining me on the other line today is Richard Ross, CEO of Quinn Residences, here for a conversation and outlook on the rental market uh, for 2024. Richard, welcome to the show. Thanks, Omar. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Um, always uh, great to get insight from uh, you know professionals throughout the various sectors of the real estate industry. Um, the rental market and, and rental analysis isn't really a topic that we've covered in detail yet, um, surprisingly. But I think um, as it's been widely known in the news, and, and I think most people in the U.S. know, the rental market, um, rental uh, developments, rental condominiums and whatnot have been growing and growing. Um, and I think that's something that uh, would be um, well worth getting your insight on. So um, without further ado, I guess, Richard, first, if you could tell us a little bit about Quinn Residences and your role, uh, your day-to-day -day in the company, just to kind of set the table for our audience. Absolutely. So, Omar, we are a institutionally backed owner, operator, developer of purpose-built, dedicated rental communities. And I'll talk about that what that means in a minute. Um, we currently own 5,200 homes throughout 39 communities in primarily the Southeastern United States. That's the Carolinas, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida. Although we don't get down to South Florida, we sort of start, let's say the I-4 quarter, right? Tampa over to Melbourne. Um, we don't typically play in South Florida. There's a lot of rental dynamics there that and price points that are kind of out of our reach what we what we focus on are starter homes so we build entire communities think about a subdivision for your listeners out in kendall or fort lauderdale pembroke pines right 200 250 homes we have separately amenitized meaning our own amenities pool clubhouse dog park playground and uh, every home is for rent and these are starter homes so the price points anywhere from today probably 300 to 350,000 uh per home granite countertops stainless appliances technology package that's what we offer our residents excellent and so tell me a little bit about then um so you, you mentioned the, the price being you know in the 350,000 starter homes but the, the rental uh you're obviously what was what, what are the rental sure. so our average rent today across the portfolios is like $2,100 a month. And that is for um, like an 1800 square foot home, three bedroom, three and four bedroom homes. Okay. So let's, um, let's kind of set the table here on the, on the rental market. What have you seen? Uh, I know you have over four decades of experience and you've been with Quinn uh, for, for many years. Um, but tell me about what are you seeing with regards to rental condominiums in general? I mean, there's been, a, I think, a obvious uptick, but but what, what have you seen there? Yeah, so let's put it in perspective, right? I think it's helpful for the audience to understand, and I'm going to use some, some data here um, nationwide. 
Um, there's about 132 million households in the United States. Of that, about a third, 45 million are rentals. And that's everything. That means homes, condominiums, mobile homes, uh, VRBO, Airbnb, apartments, right? So about a third of those households are for rent. In our business, which are single family rentals, right? So three and four bedroom homes, that's about 11%. Um, so about 14 million homes. And what you're seeing today in the market, the rental market overall, I know you're seeing it in South Florida, um, is that there's a huge shortage of homes in this country, right? So overall, depending on who you believe, stat-wise, somewhere between four and six million home shortage, meaning people who want a home but can't find one. Um, and that's sure. getting worse. That's getting worse. So throughout through 2023, there were about a million eight households formed in this country, and we only built a million and a half homes. So that four million is growing, right? It's getting worse. Coupled with the mortgage rate, right? The home price appreciation and the mortgage rate. So home prices have gone up, as, as you well know, in South Florida over mm -hmm. the last three to four years out, out, out with, with the pandemic considerably. And um, the cost of owning that home because of mortgage rates, whether you, they're six and a half, seven percent, mortgage rates have more than doubled in the last year, year and a half. So that makes rentals a lot more affordable. In our particular instance, we're about 46 to 50% cheaper to rent one of our homes, same exact home, than to buy it. So if you were to buy one of our homes, when you consider the mortgage payment, insurance, property taxes, and maintenance, which we provide 100% of, we're about 50% less. So I mentioned, um, our rents are about 2000 2100 a month. To own one of our homes is over $3,000 a month. So, so there's your differential. And that's what's driving the rental market today. Sure. And I think there's probably, I mean, similarities um, in South Florida, obviously at a higher uh, cost, but the ratio there, I guess, you know, the rents down here in the, in the urban district, on um, the central business district, um, probably you're going to start anywhere near three thousand dollars just for a one bedroom you know apartment easily uh and and um and i think but even to own those uh it's gonna your mortgage is gonna be higher especially with um with, with the interest rates and the way things are going so you'll see a, a big um down here i know you mentioned your, your portfolio isn't down here but there's been a huge uptick and not so much in the single family home rental communities but in the rental condominium um yeah, and, and I so follow. I do follow the data because I'm I'm from South Florida, born and raised, um, and so so we do follow the data, even though we don't operate in those markets. And the rental rents have gone up considerably, right? You got all these people from New York. I mean, you heard the big announcements. All the big yeah. hedge funds are moving down there because of tax benefits and such. And rents have gone up considerably. I know in Brickell and other areas. Having said that, to own in those areas has gone up considerably as well and i think the data still shows right. it's cheaper to rent than to own um not to mention all the flexibility that's what's driving a, a lot of uh, our rental our resident preferences are flexibility right if you, if you can't own a home you want flexibility to be able to move to different parts of the city or area or or out of the area in to, to another area 
Right. And so tell me about um, you're following the data. I think we've seen that um, there was obviously a big uptick, a huge spike over COVID with the crunch on the inventory down here for, for rental prices were, were crazy. You had to kind of go in definitely at asking above asking. In some cases, people were offering several months in advance uh, in the 2020, 2021 uh, timeframe just to lock in a rental. Um, prices kept going up this year. They kind of leveled out a little bit, um, but it, it's a little bit more competitive, but um, or healthier, let's say, in the, in the, on the renter side. But what do you see moving into 2024? Are you going to see more of that? Do you think prices will go, rental prices will go back up, stay the same, go down, or what, what are you seeing? So I would say for 24 and beyond, let's say 24 to 26, there's a lot of supply coming on in South Florida and other metropolitan areas, meaning rents go up, people are like, oh, let's build more, right? And and that's mm -hmm. happening in in many areas. Um, and interest rates have started to come down a little bit, right? I, I think you've seen in, in the last couple of weeks, um, the Fed has said as early as yesterday or Wednesday, we're you know not gonna raise rates anymore. We're gonna probably lower rates next year. So I think a couple of things are gonna happen. There's going to be more supply. Um, owners of apartments, condos, whatever the rental supply is, are going to want to keep their residents, right? Because it's very expensive to have somebody move out of an apartment or a rental. And, you know, you got to fix it up. You got to paint it. You got to replace carpet. That all costs money. So it's cheaper and better for the owner, the landlord, to keep those residents, as we say in the industry, keep the heads in the beds. That means... Right that there's going to be opportunity, rents aren't going to go up 10, 12, 15%. Um, it's going to be because there's more supply and because owners are going to want to keep renters, I don't think you're going to see the significant increases in rent. Um, and you, you're probably going to see some concessions, meaning one month free, right? Or, or people aren't going to have to pay three months in advance. There's going to be a lot more competition. I'm speaking now about what I know about South Florida. Certainly, in the broader Southeast markets, you're already seeing that, particularly in apartments, right? In sort of high-rise apartments like Brickell. Um, you're seeing sure. that in Atlanta, you're seeing that in Charlotte, you're seeing that in in, in the major markets in the Southeast um, where owners are, are uh, making concessions and keeping the people in their units. Right, so some, some, some flexibility or, or um, options, I guess, for the, the current tenants now uh, with, with the um, goal of the landlords being to keep the heads in the beds, as you say. So, so what about, um, you know, talk to me about the rental experience uh, and how Quinn approaches it and maybe generally speaking trends that you see uh, in the market. How are institutional, you know, companies like yourself and others uh, working to sort of attract ventures or just to redefine the experience. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you some, some um, data from, from our experience. I think first and foremost, the American dream has kind of changed, right? Post-war people, my age, right. I'm, I'm the end of the boomers. Um, uh, Gen, let me see if I get my letters right. Gen X and millennials, you know, there was always this thing, well, I want to own a home. I want to own a home. Uh, and interestingly enough, about a third of our residents live with us because it's cheaper right now, but eventually they want to own a home. 
uh, they live with us because it's cheaper or they don't know where they want to buy or they can't come up with a down payment or they don't have the credit score to be able to do that. That means two thirds of our residents are what we call renters by choice. And that comes stems from a couple of things. And this, this is what we were learning um, about our current demographics. A renter by choice is there because they, they may wanna, they live in Miami, right? They live in Brickell, they have a great job, but in three years, they may wanna move to Atlanta or they may wanna move to Denver or San Francisco. And so if they put you know, a significant amount of equity into a home, are they gonna be able to sell that? So that's one reason, the flexibility. Um, the other thing we're seeing is the no maintenance lifestyle, right? You own a condo, you own a home, you got to mow the lawn, you got to unclog the toilet, you got to change the water heater if it breaks. We provide all of that. So your toilet clogs, your water heater breaks, you know, you go on an app, put in your thing, next day, you know, we're out there or that day we're out there to fix it instead of calling Joe the plumber and you having to pay that out of pocket. Property taxes continue to go up. So insurance, especially down there, I know all of you have seen sort of the insane increases in insurance premiums. Obviously, we we provide all that. We cover the property taxes, we cover the insurance, we cover the maintenance. So the maintenance-free lifestyle is something that's very attractive to the to today's renter. The other thing we're seeing is a, a big percent of our residents, almost a third, are empty nesters, right? Folks who have sold their home, made a bunch of money, and either they're following their grandchildren uh, this is probably true in South Florida, right? They don't want to live with the grandchildren for sure. And I don't, I don't think the parents of the grandchildren want mom and dad living downstairs, but they want to be three, five miles away or 10 miles away so that they can come visit. So there's a lot of that. And that is all driving uh, the rental experience. So it's the no maintenance lifestyle and it's the flexibility. The other thing we're doing is in our homes and, and, a lot of owners, major owners who, who are in this for the long haul, technology is big in our homes. So when when we uh, build a community, we put a basic tech package in, which means you get a ring camera on the door, right? So you can see the Amazon guy. Uh, obviously, thermostats that can be controlled remotely. We also put leak detectors in certain spots. So a leak detector under the in the in the laundry room, a leak detector under the water heater a leak detector under the kitchen sink. So if any leaks happen, you go to work that morning and you know the washer springs a leak or the water heater fails, we get an email so that your furniture isn't destroyed or your clothes, you know, your house is not sitting there all day with a leak. Um, you can go on vacation and set the thermostat, you know, for put the AC on, you know, 80, but when you're coming home, you know, set it back to 72, those kinds of things. Um, we put EV chargers in the garage, right? We All of our homes have a fenced backyard and a, and a garage, um, typically. So if somebody want, has an e electronic vehicle and they want um, a charger, we'll install that for them so that they can charge their vehicle in the garage. We've done solar on uh, one community and are rolling it out on eventually on all of our communities where we've, we've uh, taken advantage of some of the um, infrastructure uh, tax incentives um, and people really like that option. So it, not only does it save them about 20% on their electric bill, 
but it's a feel good thing, right? They, they live in a community that's solar. So those are all things that we're doing to attract sort of the modern renter, if you will. Right. And things that, that uh, I guess the renters will come to expect a modern renter, as you say, um, it's conveniences, amenities, um, and, and uh, sustainable practices. So I think that's great. What about um, what? So you mentioned something interesting there. So a, a good percentage of your clientele are renters by choice. Uh, what do you see playing off of that American dream moving forward? Like we talked about for 2024, yes, renters will have more opportunity. But what do you see as a more five year, 10 year? Is there, what does the data tell you? Do you think there's going to be more less people buying homes, more people renting, or, or what, what does your crystal ball tell you? Well, uh, my crystal ball is not always right, Omar. I'll tell you that. Uh, if it was, I, I would be laying on a, a beach in uh, somewhere and, and not be on this podcast. Having said that, here's what I think is happening. In the last, since World War II, it's been very consistent. About two thirds of the people in this country own their home. That's actually post-COVID or during the pandemic gone up. I think it was 64 and now it's 66. So, But somewhere around two-thirds of the people own their homes, meaning the other third rent and have always rented. Those numbers are, are pretty, are pretty um, consistent. Prior to the pandemic, rent was always about 15% cheaper than owning, right? Because the owner of the, of the rental is putting out the down payment, essentially, and when you buy a home, you're putting out the down payment. Obviously, that's in the pandemic and post-pandemic gone to 40 to 50% cheaper. That will level out probably back. Maybe it never goes back to 15% cheaper, but maybe it's about 20% cheaper. But I also think this no-maintenance lifestyle um, is, is very attractive. So I would tell you, as interest rates come back, they're not going back to 3%. I don't think mortgage rates are ever going to be a 3% in my life, in the rest of my life, and probably not in yours. You're considerably younger than me. Maybe a mortgage rate settles around 5 or 6%. Um, so given that background, um, I think it'll be less people want to own a home. I'll use my, I have, I have four daughters, um, and I've polled them, right? They're all millennials. Um, and they've said to me, Dad, why would I own a house? I got to save up 20% down payment. Let's just say a starter home's $400,000, right? So I got to save up 80 grand, plunk it down. Um, then I got to mow the lawn and, you know, do all of the maintenance. And mm -hmm. I, they have friends who in the great financial crisis of, you know, 2008, nine, whatever, lost everything in their home, right? Now, people have made a lot of money, um, but my daughters, they want to travel. You know, they want to use their money other than to own a home. So I think that two thirds over the next 10 years will probably start to diminish a little bit. I don't know that everybody wants to own a home like my generation did. You know, that was your goal, you know, go to college, whatever, get an education, whether it's college or whatever, get a good job, find a partner, buy a home. That was sort of the dream. I think that's changing. Right, the white picket fence, uh, the the dog, and the two and a half kids. Um, what about the what, what? So, but historically, you know, on the other side, um, owning is a great way for wealth preservation, or historically, or to build wealth. Let's say over generations, 
Um, what uh, alternatives are you seeing with the millennials, with Gen Zs? If if the no maintenance lifestyle and the convenience of renting, right? Are they turning to other channels to to generate wealth? Yeah, I I think um, owning a home for the long term has always been a great investment, right? We know that that's demonstrated by by all the data. Obviously, we're at a very high level now, right? Homes are more expensive than they've ever been. People have really low mortgages, so there's this locked in. I think 85% of mortgages are under 4%. So, like, why would I sell my house, <laughs> right? Right. Unless I'm going to sell my house, pull all that money out, put it in the bank or invest it, and we'll talk about what I think people are doing with that, and get a 7% mortgage, right? So, if they're going to sell, they're going to put their money in other things, and they, they might rent for all the reasons we've talked about. What are they doing? I mean... It used to be crypto was the big thing, right? I'm going to put my money in Bitcoin and make, you know, a fortune. Obviously, with the SBF stuff and, you know, all of that, maybe crypto. Right. Um, but I think investing is is something that, that, you know, in the stock market and and other investments, gold, heavy precious metals. And I think a lot of youngsters would rather spend their money, you know, on travel, right? I want to go, I want to go see Antarctica, right? I want to... Um, go to Europe. I, I want to experience things more than stick around and mow the lawn. And, you know, I, I still think the two dogs, you know, is something because uh, we, every one of our, it's interesting in our homes, there's more pets than children, like by two to one. Wow. Our average, wow. our average um, is we have, uh, I'm looking at the data here. Half a child per home. So a three bedroom, you know, there's less than one child, but there's one and a half pets. So that tells you it's right. almost three to one. Interesting. And so uh, now turn, turning this to South Florida, back to South Florida a little bit. So I think, what do you see for another homeowner, let's say is the investor historically, uh, you know, especially here in South Florida, the individual investor. Um, what are you seeing for them, uh, with, with the rental market here, uh, in South Florida? Well, it's interesting that you say that Omar, because I mentioned earlier, right. About 11, 30, a third of the homes in this country are rentals. You would think these big companies, cause you've been reading about, about it in the media, these giant public companies, right. people like Quinn, they own, they own less than 1% of the rentals. So to your point, most of the rentals in this country are people who own less than nine homes. So it's, it's mom and pops, right? It's, it's, it's a family who maybe they own three homes in Hialeah or, or one in Coral Gables and one in Pembroke Pines. And they're, you know, they've rented them out. Either they bought them as investment properties or they bought them as their starter home and have now moved up. And instead of selling that home, they're renting it. So I think there's a, there's a, obviously a big population of what what we call mom and pop, but people who own less than ten rental homes, because it's a great income stream. It's a great way to build again to invest for retirement. Um, that market is not going away, and with the differential today, meaning it's much cheaper to own, um, a, a much cheaper to rent. Sorry, than own. I think folks are, and if you have a 3% or 4% mortgage and you want to move, maybe you move up, maybe you do take on a higher mortgage, but you keep that old house, that 
lower mortgage and you rent it. It's a bit of a pain in in the rear, right? Managing that. I mean, we do this for a living, but sure. let's just say, Omar, you have three rental homes. You know, your resident, your tenant's going to call you and say, hey, Omar, the, the AC just shut off and it's August. In right. Miami. So you're going to have to figure out how you get that AC fixed. There are management companies that do that. But overall, I think the rental business for even small owners is, is very, I'm very bullish on that for the next, you know, five years because of how nice. expensive homes are and how mortgage rates are still very high. So uh, let's talk about, um, you know, the realtors. I mentioned you when we were off mic, a big part of our audience is, is uh, real estate professionals. How does Quinn uh, work with realtors and uh, are realtors incentivized, not incentivized to work with, with rental um, communities such as yourself? Yeah. So in, in we work with sort of realtors, I'll call them also brokers uh, in two sure. ways. One is we do not do scattered site, meaning there are a lot of big companies out there, public companies, Invitation Homes, America's Home for Rent, Tricon are the three big ones that buy scattered site homes, meaning they'll buy three homes in some neighborhood in Hialeah or four homes in Miami Gardens, right? And that's a place for realtors to build relationships with those companies if they have uh, you know, potential homes for sale. Um, because of this high mortgage rate, um, those companies would potentially be customers for realtors. We and how rental owners use um, realtors is if, if they have a client who, who uh, wants to rent a home for a year, two, three years, our average resident, by the way, stays almost three years as opposed to an apartment where it's a year. So we pay we can pay commissions right on a lease. So you if a, if a realtor brings us a resident, a potential resident, and they move in, we pay them a commission, some percentage of the rent, um, for them bringing us that that resident. Understood. So um, I was going to ask you the uh, yes with with um, so sticking with South Florida here and and Quinn. Um, so you haven't made it this far down yet. Uh, or are there plans to come down? You mentioned that you had looked at the market, but what, what is it about the South Florida market that uh, keeps you out? Because we would love to have more communities for single family homes for rent like this. We have a lot of condos, but but not the houses. Right. And I, and I understand that. And growing up there, I mean, the, the issue for us in South Florida is really we look for three things in wanting to invest in a community. It's jobs. Clearly, South Florida has jobs and the job growth. Um, two, it's proximity to retail, interestingly, and three is schools, right, the other good school systems, because even though a small percentage of our residents have children, so I would tell you when we first started out, it was always jobs. Second was schools. Now schools has become third. Proximity to retail means can you get your hair done? Can you go to Publix and get your groceries? And obviously South Florida has all of that. The issue for us in in a in an urban community is just cost, right? We build communities, 150 to 200 homes is sort of our sweet spot. Obviously, with the with the ocean, you're not doing that on Miami Beach, you're not doing that on Brickell, you're not doing that on Coral Gables. So you have to go west. Homestead is a market we've looked at really strong because obviously there's a lot of jobs and there's still land out there to be able, I would say west of the turnpike are areas we're looking at. What's important for us is 
how much rent can we get for a particular home and what does it cost us to build that home so i i would i would not say never say never um yeah. it, it's just the markets need to be where we can get a, one a number of homes to make a community that's 150 to to 200 um and the rent has to justify right the cost of those homes so that's where we would look homestead out west i don't even know what mm -hmm. you what you call that anymore you know i remember when well, chrome, chrome avenue was the the boonies and, and now it's like a, a thriving area right 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 it's like everglades gate who knows what uh what they'll call that um, right and then i would say like stewart jupiter you know sure those those are our, our markets we're looking at obviously that's not south florida uh in, in right. anymore um but um th that's what i would tell you about the south florida area now there are yeah, it makes sense things are moving west and north right west Sorry, and, and north but in 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 the metro sort of miami uh hollywood fort lauderdale area it's it's really hard now these bigger companies that are what we call scattered sites so the, the people who are buying one and two homes there is an opportunity there um for those type of owners to, to get in that market and they are in that market sure and out of curiosity what what are hot growth markets for you if it's not of florida what uh, you know what's really moving the needle now or any surprise markets that you've seen in the last couple of years so the i4 quarter i would say is on fire right from tampa over to really to melbourne right orlando that whole quarter because people are moving there who can't afford south florida and it's sort of more our price point jacksonville um very good market not so much the panhandle again because there's not a lot of big employers there although pensacola is is uh, having some people are, are looking at pensacola once you get uh outside of florida um savannah georgia you know the, the big port there so savannah um obviously atlanta charlotte raleigh and now in the carolinas um coastal north carolina i don't know if you've heard the term halfbacks um but there's a lot of people no. who left left the northeast moved to florida to south florida and are now feeling either priced out or whatever so they're moving halfway back that, that, Got it. That's another term. So they're moving to South Carolina, North Carolina. So those markets. And then Texas. Texas is very, very popular. A lot of jobs. I'm talking Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, you know, Tesla's in Austin. All the tech companies are there. Sure. But a lot of them, there's a big financial um, employment base in Dallas, Fort Worth. And then all the way down, believe it or not, to San Antonio. So that's another corridor that's very um, um profitable for for owners alabama mississippi louisiana are a little tougher because again not a lot of employment what what owners sure. of rental property look for first and foremost is are there jobs because those are the people that can afford to pay rent of course and so winding this down um and looking ahead what uh what are future what's the the future um future trends in the industry that we should look out for what is quinn sort of excited about and and sort of what is what does the future look like for this this industry so i would i would tell you 
rental is here to stay. And as I've said, it's always been here. It's about a third. That percentage probably goes up over the next, let's say, five to 10 years, meaning more people will be renting than owning for all the reasons we've discussed. I think newer is better. People want, you know, granite countertops, stainless steel appliances. They want technology, right? They want to be able to control their home. Um, they want as much as, as it ebbs and flows, they want a green home, meaning, you know, the solar is big. Um, we do a lot of things with sort of um, like community gardens and beehives and that attracts residents. Um, but technology, first and foremost, you know, can they charge their car in the garage? Um, can they control the thermostat? Is it, is it a tight home, meaning energy efficient wise? And then activities, right? What's going on in the community? Are there community activities? Um, and, and, and that's sort of quality of life things. All of those are going to drive um, the rental market for the next five to 10 years. Excellent. So things to look out for. Uh, I think we're going to leave it there, Richard. Is there anything else that uh, we didn't cover that you'd like to add? No, just uh, appreciate the opportunity to um, to talk to you, to talk to your audience and um, wish you uh, a safe and prosperous holiday season and new year. Same to you, wishing you and uh, the entire Quinn Residences team uh, all the best for our listeners. Uh, once again, this was Richard Ross, CEO of Quinn Residences. Until then, remember that here in Miami, the future is always bright. Take care, folks.